All right, this is going to be a weird sermon. <laughs> We're wrapping up this series, One Nation Under God, and, uh, and, and we want to leave you this week with some real practical advice about what you can do to go out into this world as a citizen of the United States or whatever country you're a citizen of and make a difference. We want to give you that, but before we can get there, I, I got to just teach you about some stuff. And so there's three things I want to talk to you about, and it may seem like they're not really very well related together, but stick with me, okay? Uh, because once I teach about these three things, I think I can put a bow on it for you, and uh, leave, you can leave today and, and kind of know what God wants you to do as you head out into this world, okay? All right, so let's, let's give this a shot. So first of all, uh, we've been talking in this series about this idea that you are a citizen of two kingdoms, Okay? That, that you are a citizen first of the United States of America, or maybe you're not a U.S. citizen, maybe you're a, a citizen of some other country, but, but you are a citizen of a country. You were born in a country, you're a citizen of that country, may even have a passport from that country, you have that citizenship. But if you believe in Jesus, if you're part of the family of God, you have another citizenship, and that is you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. And now we talk about these two citizenships, these dual citizenships this way. We say, first of all, we have this left-hand kingdom, and that's the civil kingdom. That's the citizen of the U.S. kingdom. And uh, we have a right-hand kingdom, and that's the spiritual kingdom. That's the, that's the kingdom of heaven. Now, first of all, both of those are gods. He created them both. He works in them both. Uh, those are both God's kingdoms, okay? But the left-hand kingdom, that civil kingdom, God works differently in that kingdom. He works through things like laws and through justice. He uh, seeks to, to make sure that there's peace and that uh, those who are disadvantaged or poor are protected, uh, that, that you can be safe in that kingdom. He works uh, to make sure that human beings can flourish in that kingdom. So if you were a little kid and you had somebody say to you, you can be anything you want when you grow up. You can be president of the United States. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but you could be if you wanted to. <laughs> you know, and then that's what's going on in that left-hand kingdom where, where people can flourish. But there, in the right-hand kingdom, in the kingdom of the church, God works very differently. He works through the gospel being preached and proclaimed, the good news about what Jesus has done for us, where, where grace is given. Later in this service, we are going to receive the, the body and blood of Jesus, and with it, forgiveness for our sins. We're going to receive that grace in a very tangible, real way. And when we do that, our minds and our hearts are transformed and our lives are changed. That's what happens in that right-hand kingdom. Okay, so two kingdoms, you got that? All right, let's go on to the next one. I need to talk to you a little bit about the law and what the law is all about, how the law functions in our lives. Now, as Lutheran Christians, we talk about it this way. We say that God gave us the law for three reasons. And the first reason is found in Romans chapter 13. It says, let everyone be subject to governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established for rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. In other words, the first function of the law, we say, the law acts as a curb or a barrier to prevent us from doing stuff that's bad for us or from other people. Let me give you an example of that. This weekend, I've been preaching at both our Green Trail site here and our Kimberly Way site, two and a half miles away. And this is how that looks. I'm over there, I got a robe on. I take the robe off, I run into the back room, I take my mic off, I run out, I get in my car, I head down Maple Avenue, and I would love to do 90 miles an hour if I could to get here, right? But I don't do that. Why don't I do 90 miles an hour? 
I don't want to get a ticket, all right? I don't want to break the law and get a ticket. No, but there's a reason for that law. That law is there as a barrier, as a curb, to stop me from doing something that would be dangerous for me or for other people. I mean, the fact is, if I had done that, if I had come ripping down Maple Avenue at 90 miles an hour, I might have killed myself or killed somebody else, right? So the law is there, we say, as a curb to prevent us from doing stuff that would be bad for us or bad for other people. There's a second use of the law. It's talked about in Romans chapter 3, where God says, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. So we talk about the law as a mirror, a mirror that shows us our sin. When, when, we, when we read God's word, when we study it, what we learn is God has a plan for our life, and whenever we live in a way that is different than God's plan for our life, that we call that sin. And, and so the law is that mirror to show us our sin. And then finally, the third use of the law is in Romans, I mean Psalm 1, 1 to 2, where it says this, blessed is the one who delights in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. And the reason we do that is so that we can be more like Jesus. So we say the law is like a ruler or a guide to help us live our lives to be more like Jesus. If I want to, I want to be like Jesus, so I study how Jesus lived, so I know how I should live, so I can be more like him. The law is a guide. So, so you got that? Three uses of the law. Curb to keep me from doing bad stuff. Mirror to show me my sin. Guide to help me live like Jesus. All right, one more. One more thing we got to do here, and that is we got to talk about this. Will there be law in heaven? Now, uh, now first of all, I have, a, I, have a, I have a little easier question for you, I think. Will there be work in heaven? Turn to the person sitting next to you. Tell them whether you think there's going to be work in heaven. All right? Just take a minute do that. Turn... Let them know. Do you think there's going to be work in heaven? Hey, that's a yes-no question. You don't have to talk about it so much. Right? So, so is there going to be work in heaven? The answer to that is yes. There's going to be work in heaven. And we know that because there was work in the Garden of Eden. Before there was sin, before anything went wrong in this world, there was work. God put Adam in the garden, it says, to work it and take care of it. There was work in heaven. So, that, so I mean, there was work in the Garden of Eden, so that means there's going to be work in heaven. And I'm kind of excited about that. I don't know what that work's going to look like. Uh, but I had one professor at seminary who believed that you wouldn't just instantly know everything when you got to heaven, that you could still learn and grow in heaven. And so he believed there'd still be professors and teachers in heaven which I'm pretty excited about because I think a lot of you know I was a teacher before I became a pastor, and I, I still kind of think of myself as a teacher. That's kind of what I do. I teach, and so I'm going to have something to do in heaven. Now, if you're in the medical profession, you're probably out of luck in heaven. You're going to have to... Because <laughs> there's not going to be sickness. There's not going to be surgery. There's not going to be any of that stuff. You know, no, no illness or anything in heaven. So if you're in the medical profession, start looking for another job, okay? You're going to have to have something else to do in heaven. And I would argue that if you're in law enforcement, it's the same thing. You're not going to have anything to do in heaven. And here's why. Because in the Bible it says this, that, that, that God says the day is coming. He says, after that time, I will put my law in their minds and write it in their hearts. In other words, God promises us that someday in heaven, his law will be written in our minds so much that we will just instantly know the right thing to do in every circumstance. And not only will we know the right thing to do, 
but it'll be written in our hearts, so we want to do the right thing, and we will do the right thing. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty cool to me. I mean, I can really relate to what Paul says in Romans 7, the good that I want to do, I don't do, and that which I don't want to do, I do. There's a lot of times when, first of all, I'm not sure what the right thing to do is, and second of all, even if I'm sure what the right thing to do is, I don't want to do it, so I don't. I can't wait to be in heaven where I will know right away, instantly, the right thing to do, and I will always do it. That's going to be awesome. So will there be laws in heaven? Not really. We won't need laws, at least not external laws, because the law will be written in our minds and in our hearts. Okay, so we've talked about those three things. Two kingdoms. You live in the left-hand kingdom, the civil realm. You live in the right-hand kingdom, the the realm of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Three kind of uses of the law as a curb to keep us from doing bad stuff, as a mirror to show us our sin, as a guide to help us be more like Jesus. And will there be law in heaven? No, because it's going to be written in our minds and in our hearts. We'll just naturally do the right thing. So, all right, so what does all that mean? How does that help us know practically what we should do when we leave, leave here today to try to make a difference in our country. Well, here you go. In the left-hand kingdom, the law works as a curb. It stops us from doing bad stuff. And so we as Christians who live in that left-hand kingdom have a responsibility to work for laws that do exactly that, that promote justice and equality and keep people from doing bad things. And we should vote for people that work for laws that do the same thing. Okay, that happens in the left-hand kingdom. But listen to me, if you only hear one thing from the sermon today, listen to this, because I think most Christians mess this up. We try to use the other two uses of the law in the left-hand kingdom. In other words, we feel like somehow we as Christians have to let the world know how sinful it is. We feel like it's our job to be that mirror to the world around us, showing people what's so wrong in society. And what's the problem with that? They don't even believe in sin. I mean, if they don't believe in God, then they certainly don't believe God has a plan for their life, and they certainly don't believe that by not living God's plan for their life, they're sinning. And and so when we try to preach at the world around us and tell them where they're sinning, we're just, that's why we're seen as judgmental. Or or if we try to fix the world around us by saying, you'd be all better off if you would just be like Jesus. Here's how you measure up to Jesus. People are going to go, I don't care about Jesus. So folks, when we as Christians think it's somehow our job to be the conscience of our society or or, or to use God's law to show people how sinful they are, it's never going to work. The reason God gave us those uses of the law is for right here in our family of believers in the kingdom of heaven. I want to come here, and I want you to help me see the sin in my life, because I want to do better. I I, I want you to show me my sins so I can try to measure up to Jesus, and and I want that law to be a guide to help me grow. But there's still one thing missing there, isn't there? Because the Bible also says this. It says, what the law could not do because human nature was weak, God did. He condemned sin in human nature by sending his own son, who came with a nature like our sinful nature to do away with sin, Folks, if we just gathered here every week, we said, okay, here's the stuff that's bad in our lives, let's do better next week, how would that go? Probably not great. That's not why we gather. We gather together, and we need to know what's wrong in our lives, but we need to know that so we can, the law shows us our sin, but the gospel shows us our Savior. The gospel shows us Jesus, who has told us that we are forgiven when we fail. 
When we don't do the stuff we're supposed to do, we're forgiven. Or when we do stuff that we know is wrong, we're forgiven. We're given a new, fresh, clean start every single day. That's the gospel. I love just a few verses earlier in Romans 8.1, it says this, therefore, because of Jesus, there is now no condemnation, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You are a loved, forgiven child of God. And because of that love that you have received from God, you are now set free to go out and love others. You go out into this world around us, and instead of bringing the law with you, you bring love with you. And that's the only thing that can make a lasting difference in our world. Let me give you one more example of that. I want you to imagine a cookie jar filled with your absolute favorite cookie, like the best cookie you've ever had in your life is there in that cookie jar. I I, I put chocolate chip up there because that would be mine. That'd be my favorite cookie. You can put whatever cookie you want in the jar in your mind, okay? If you you think oatmeal raisin is all that, go ahead, although raisins are gross. I don't know why you would want to eat those, but... (laughs) Whatever it is for you, all right? Whatever your cookie is, it's in that jar, right? The perfect cookie in that jar. Now, I want you to imagine that jar is sitting in the workroom at work, and your boss says, those are my cookies, and if anyone touches those cookies, you will be fired. Are you going to eat those cookies? Nope. And you're not. Why? Because you're afraid. You're afraid you're going to lose your job, okay? The boss has laid down the law. The law is eat a cookie and you're fired. And so out of fear, you will not eat those cookies. But now, I want you to imagine a little different circumstance. Same cookies, same jar, only now it's sitting on the kitchen table at Grandma's house. And Grandma says, please don't eat those cookies because I, I made them for dinner tonight. So, so, so please, just don't eat those cookies, Okay. Are you going to eat those cookies? Nope. Because you're afraid of grandma? No. Because you love grandma. And she loves you. And you know, you're getting cookies after dinner anyway, right? So, but, but you see the difference? The law does control people's behavior, but it controls it with fear. The gospel controls people's behavior with love. And one of those is real and lasting, and the other isn't. Let me give you one more example of that. Imagine that same scenario, cookies at work, cookies at grandma's table, and I told you, I know for a fact that you can take one of those cookies, and I promise you, no one will ever know. You gonna take a cookie at work? You might. Boss isn't gonna know anyway. That's my promise to you. You gonna take a cookie from grandma's? No, because you still love her, right? Folks, if we wanna be people that change our society, if we want to be people that make a difference in this country, if we want to be people that heal what is broken in our country, it's not going to be with the law. It's going to be with love. It's going to be changing hearts and minds one life at a time. Let's go back to that verse from Jeremiah. Remember, it said, after that time, God says, I'm going to put my law in their minds and write it in their hearts. When is after that time? We assumed before it was in heaven. But you know what? It's right now. Jesus didn't come and say, the kingdom of heaven is gonna come someday when I come again and we're all in heaven. Jesus said the kingdom of God is here. It's here now. Every time you pray the Lord's Prayer, what do you pray? You pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What you're asking is that God would write his law in our hearts and in our minds 
so that we would live the way he wants us to do, and we're asking that that would happen in the world around us too. Folks, if you want to fix what's broken in this country, don't tell people what's wrong. Show them love. Change people's hearts and minds one person at a time. All the laws in the world are not going to force people to live the way God wants them to live. What's going to help them live the way God wants them to live is the gospel. It's the love of Jesus. I love this verse. Paul says, you and I are Christ's, what does it say? Ambassadors. You know what an ambassador does, right? He comes from that foreign country, and he comes and lives in this country, and that, that ambassador doesn't tell people what's broken or wrong in the country and doesn't try to change the laws. That ambassador comes and establishes relationships and, and gets to know people and gets to, to care about people. That's our job. We are Christ's ambassadors. You know, a lot of people say this. I've heard it a lot of times, that, uh, that the found, founding fathers of our country were Christian men who wanted to establish a Christian nation. And, and if you believe that, I'm sorry, you're wrong. That is not true. Some of those men were Christians, absolutely. Some of them were really more like deists. They believed that there was a God, but they didn't believe in Jesus. And, and some of them, quite flank, frankly, when you read their writings, they were atheists. They didn't believe in God at all. But they all agreed on one thing. They all believed in one thing together. You know what that thing they believed in was? Freedom. They believed together that they could create a country where people would be free, first of all, to worship as they choose, like we are this morning. And, and they believed that they could create a country where we would be free to do things like love one another, like show God's love and grace to one another. I guarantee you, you guys, this week, you did more to fix our country by showing love to those people you were serving than anybody would have done lobbying Congress or, or boycotting something or protesting something. You showed people love and you made a difference. And we all have that opportunity every day.